Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Really, up until like diving into a lot of that type of stuff with this podcast, I had always equated vulnerability with weakness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like never let them see a sweat, kind of also that athlete mentality. And so just always having to be very, very buttoned up on those things. And so I was like, I kind of thought she was weak. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You thought Brene Brown was weak. Yeah. everybody, welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Jack Spera. And I'm Molly DeMillion. And today we are talking about Brene Brown. Ayo. One of my personal favorites. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Uh, Molly and I finally, finally have had the time to sit down to talk about this. So, uh, before we get to anything, we have big news. Our Patreon has officially hit 200 members. Ayo. Thank you all so much for joining <laughs> the gang. Or shall we say the fraternity? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, it's a uh, real house party over there. It truly is. Mm -hmm. And if you are trying to get in on our free t-shirt deal of becoming a Patreon member, you have to join before Sunday, February 28th. That is mm -hmm. our cutoff. Because we're going to be ordering t-shirts. They're going to be Patreon-specific only t-shirts once in a lifetime opportunity to get these shirts we're never going to make them again yeah you have to truly be a part of the gang for this tea for this design patreon only yep and you uh you'll get to vote on it on yeah. patreon too so sign up early and get your vote in do do the whole thing also just hear all the tea we got over there yeah there's a lot going on <laughs> yeah never a dull moment nope learn more about behind the scenes <laughs> of the show sneak peek <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, if you are new to the pod and you haven't left us a review yet, please throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out, helps us grow, and uh, tell a friend. Tell a friend because we are going to be doing a lot of giveaways coming up. You don't want to miss it. So I guess without further ado, we should just get right into Brene Brown. Let's do it. Okay. So Brene Brown, uh, the special is called The Call to Courage on Netflix. And Brene obviously has a bunch of books. She has so much info out there. But if you want a little taste, little intro to her, I recommend watching this Netflix. It's kind of like a, a longer TED Talk, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very motivational. Upon first watching it, I loved it. It was one of the only things I ever watched that I was like, I felt like it was speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And I would always hear people say that. And I was always like, Ugh, this is cheesy. This is whatever. Yeah, because a lot of them are so over the top. I mean, when I first watched it, I absolutely hated it. Yeah, I was. I, I was hated say. it so much. Uh, but it's funny because I watched it. God, I think you first had me watch it like pre-COVID, uh, over a year ago. Pre-podcast, I think, or very yeah. early into the podcast. Yeah, I think that we so. were planning and coming up with the idea. Yeah, I was like, this is one of the things I would want to talk about. Yes, and that's when I was like, have I made a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is not for me. Um, but I think it's interesting because I, I sat there watching it a couple days ago for the second time and I was like glued to it. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that hit my mind was like, oh, I think this is speaking to how far I've come. 
because at that point when I first watched it I absolutely hated everything self-help I was like this is a waste of time like these books are all just a hoax like such a money machine like this it's such a ridiculous genre I thought it was really the dumbest thing someone could spend their money on I just thought the whole thing was so ridiculous and I also like her whole thing is vulnerability Mm -hmm. and being painfully Irish Catholic um (laughs) I really up until like diving into a lot of that type of stuff with this podcast I had always equated vulnerability with weakness Mm -hmm. and you know like never let them see a sweat kind of also that athlete mentality and so just always having to be very very buttoned up on those things and so I was like I kind of thought she was weak interesting yeah okay you thought Brene Brown was weak yeah Oh, and like her telling her swimming story, I'm like, oh, she probably just sucks at swimming. You know, <laughs> when she was like, oh, I'm, I'm not what I used to be. I was like, well, maybe you should work harder, Brene. <laughs> and then the second time I was like, oh, she's trying. Like she's putting herself out there. She's saying that stuff to her man. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if like, do you feel like when you watched it the second time, it's almost like you had been through things or more so like you had been in positions where you're like, I was being vulnerable and putting myself out there. And I felt like other people were not approving of what I was doing. Because the whole in the arena theory is basically like, fuck anyone who isn't doing that themselves and criticizing you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I think I had definitely felt the punches of people. And I I mean, yeah, I feel like I I live that a lot of people just wanting to, to tear me down, especially for my perspectives on being vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. uh, like conversations around sexual wellness that are public (laughs) for in perhaps this podcast and people wanting to just rip you down for that and it is very very frequent in Mm -hmm. my life and so it that was something that really really resonated with me of okay well they're not doing these things and it's easy to throw stones at the person who is so this whole in the arena theory comes from uh actually a teddy roosevelt quote which is It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I mean, the quote sounds like a lot at first, but I basically love the analogy she came up with of in the arena. Yeah. Because one of the quotes she says during her special is, if you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion because you are being brave, I'm not interested or open to your feedback about my work. Yeah. that. And I was like, that nails it. Yeah. And that's just like how I'm living my life. Right. Or like, I mean, I related to this so hard just with comedy if I was like... Yeah, why am I going to take the advice from someone that doesn't do comedy? Yeah. That doesn't have to be vulnerable in the way that I have to be vulnerable. Yeah, or just even, 
I think this really hits in creative fields of especially during the pandemic of people trying new things and yep. you know different stuff in writing materials or creating content and then you know people are talking and especially with like certain types of Instagram accounts you can see that people are sharing things all over the place like uh-huh. okay this is a conversation piece but it's like I know that whoever is doing this isn't trying to do what I'm trying to do exactly you know they're kind of just sitting by the side pathetically mm-hmm. and also just I know a lot of like her thing is like vulnerability and not feeling weak I think to get in that strong mindset it's hard not to be painted as arrogant and I think there's Very a true. fine line and between like confidence and arrogance and you've really got to toe it but when it comes to people tearing you down for working hard I'm like yeah be arrogant yeah. <laughs> and like fuck those people <laughs> right exactly and um I mean the other thing she says is if we are brave enough often enough then we will fail yes and I think that makes the arena analogy even better because it kind of is a sports thing of mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you're going to play a lot of games and you're not always going to win. Yeah. But it's funny that like that's okay in sports when you lose. But like when we look at like a creative endeavor, like example like this podcast, mm-hmm. there's so many people that start podcasts, they feel like it's not successful and then they pivot and they do something else, but mm-hmm. they feel like a failure because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why don't we have this attitude with things like that? More of like, hey, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Just one last thing on the arena analogy that is my favorite part of the whole entire thing. She makes this analogy of there are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never once step foot in that arena, who will never once put themselves out there, but they will make it a full-time job to hurl criticism and judgment and really hateful things towards us. And then it's like, don't hold those criticisms close to you. And that's sadly often the thing that we always remember is the negative thing that people said or like the negative YouTube comments. Yeah, and it's the- like uh, the negative voice is the loudest. Yes. Isn't that the quote? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel that so hard. <laughs> I mean, it, all it takes is one. You know, we can get you you and I both, you know, you especially uh, with um, being so vulnerable at herpes and just the amount of DMs that you get that are so positive and all it takes is one yep. to be like, you know, like that uh, text that you talked about on the Patreon that was like, it just completely berated you for not telling someone mm-hmm. who you didn't even sleep with, by the way. Yeah. Um, It's like, how long did you think about that message versus the hundred good ones? You right. know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so hard not to do that. Cause I mean, Yeah. I get a lot of nasty ones um, and it's it sucks and it's hard to just weed them out of like, okay, show me what you're doing then. That part I loved and I think maybe because I do comedy, but I feel like yeah. if you're in a creative field or just just something where you're like, people don't understand this and it's just, I felt that so much of just like, it is so easy to be so far away and criticizing someone mm-hmm. and it's like people that are not doing what you're doing are never going to understand it. Mm-hmm. They're never going to fully understand it. They might not ever fully support it. Like, and, yeah. and essentially this gave me something to tell my mom once when she was giving me criticism about the podcast. And I basically was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And you've never been in the position of having to put yourself out there the way I do just with comedy. It's not for you. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to like it either be on board and be supportive. I was like, or don't talk to me about it. Like I was like, name of time in your life where you had to put yourself out there the way I have with what I'm doing with my life. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're right. 
And I was like, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like I just was like, this is not helping me. These words are in my head because you're somebody I care about, mm-hmm. but I don't really care about your opinion on this thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had people try to muzzle me. Um, my brother gave me a, uh, a less clean analogy. Ooh, hell yeah. He was like, the thing that's so terrifying about like the level of vulnerability that you put yourself in with this show is that you're just sticking your neck out and saying, here's the knife. Yeah, it is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, that's terrifying right? to people. And like that, that's a bit of the arena analogy of, okay, like you're the one who's there and people are watching and that's, that's terrifying to mm-hmm. see. After watching this, one thing that I was thinking about doing was kind of adopting this like, okay, show me what you're doing. Do you, yes. th- ha- having done that with like that Instagram person, is that something that you think you would like do more often? Of Not even just oh, Instagram, but like broadly, like when people start to criticize you, like, do you think taking the approach of, okay, well, like I'm putting myself out there, I'm trying things, show me what you're doing, or do you think that's um, too abrasive? Honestly, I have naturally done that because I'm naturally confrontational. Okay. And especially with comedy. Okay. Someone was like, oh, your podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, how's your podcast going? Okay. And they just have no answer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Or it's something that it's like, no matter what you're doing and like credits you're getting and achievements you're getting in your job, there's always achievements you're not getting. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, do you want to come at me for my negative things? I'll point out a hundred things you haven't gotten. Okay. That it's kind of like, who the fuck are you? Right. I mean, I, when I first watched it, and I believe I watched it not too long after, like, I first got herpes. So mm-hmm. when I first, like, watched it, I was very kind of feeling it in that sense of, like, yeah, now I'm I'm forcing myself to be put in vulnerable positions of, like, revealing that to people just on a one-on-one basis. And watching it being, like, I think I want to do the show. I think I want to be public about it. I was feeling all the headspace of, like, yeah, I'm going to put my neck out there. And absolutely there will be people being, like, saying shit saying it's a bad idea first of all just like Mm -hmm. why would you ever do that like now no one's gonna be with you right yeah something along those lines or just judging me of like oh wow didn't know you were super promiscuous which as we all know not necessarily the case of getting herpes uh and i was like toying with it and then watching her it just reminded me actually of ella dawson's ted talk where she basically goes anytime i was open about it half the time people would be like oh my gosh me too yeah. And so it's like with vulnerable conversations, a lot of times it's just someone, one person has to open the door. Yes. And so a lot of times the people that are super judgy just haven't come across something in their life yet that they have had to be in that arena and be super vulnerable and open up about something or they could be and they're just choosing not to. So they're yeah being like the judges on the sidelines. I think it's a little bit of the latter. And I think if you're someone who can't open up it's hard to watch other people do it because yeah. it's a it's a little bit of envy of and i think a lot of people almost can't even realize that they're envious of those people mm-hmm. of you know just how free they can be because if you're not someone who can open up speak freely you know say what's on your mind and do it kind of fearlessly mm-hmm. then you i think have a lot of just like pent up anxiety about you know how people are going to see you you know if they find out this thing because think about 
you know, how you were before you were open about having herpes. Oh, yeah. Probably a, a lot of fear of, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, if I hook up with this person and I tell them and then what if they tell their friend who I kind Always. of know, you know, yeah. it's that feeling and everyone has it in different pockets of their life for different things. Exactly. And I think it can be really hard to watch people just live freely and kind of like a lot of people who are very open and vulnerable look like they don't care when that's not the case at all. Right. Um, they just more own their shit than the people who don't talk about it. Yeah. And I loved actually, she makes a really good point in it about social media and this, like, I don't give a fuck attitude Mm -hmm. that pretty much the world has kind of like adopted or tried to. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it stems from the fact that a lot of social media can have a lot of negativity Mm -hmm. or just the fact of think like, Hey, we all have a group text that like, we'll shit on stuff sometimes. Yeah. So it'll be some random person from college that someone screenshots something and sends a group and it's like, ah, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. And pokes fun at it. And we all do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all do it. But knowing that, that everyone does it, anytime you put yourself out there, you're like, that's what's going to be happening to me. Oh, and guess yeah. what? That is true. Yep. But that's why Brene was like, everyone's adapting this like, oh, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. And she was like, look, she breaks it down and she's basically like, no, no, no. You always will care what people think. Yeah. You just have to decide whose opinion do you care about. Yeah. And stick with those people. And she even makes a good point of the people that actually say, you were wrong. You were in the wrong. You fucked up. Yeah. I'm still going to be here cheering you on. But like, that wasn't right. Yeah. And she's like, those are the people that are truly accepting you for your vulnerability and your flaws. And it's it's hard to weed out the people whose opinion you care about. Like, going back to people like coming at me um you know there's people who have just like totally blocked me on instagram and then i find that their dog accounts are like stalking everything that i do and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay well that bothers me because it's like okay i know you're not just happy to be scrolling through like you're you're stalking my life and like that adds like a lot of anxiety so i really mentally had to get to the point of i truly not caring and I'm not fully there and it's Mm -hmm. been months and it's like a long, it's a long process. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really hard Mm -hmm. to, to weed all of that out. Well, I think that's part of when everyone goes like getting older actually is a blessing. Yeah. And it comes from like, you have more confidence in yourself, but also I think you have way less of this worrying. Just think about like when you were in high school and how much Mm -hmm. you worried about things in high school that the minute you were out of high school, you were like, that really doesn't matter. Like, if you could go back to high school, you would truly be the ultimate I don't give a fuck person. Yeah. But it's like every phase of your life, you're going to have people or scenarios that like you feel that. And then you later look back on you're like, man, I was so worried and concerned about this person. And it turns out like they're not someone I should have cared about. Yeah. The best quote that I ever heard in getting through that, because I think both of us coming from small, relatively small high schools, small Uh colleges, it's a lot of like the petty drama is just a lot of gossip. Oh, for sure. And so, it, which everybody has that in an area of their life. But the best quote I heard was, small minds talk about people, big minds talk about things, and great minds talk about ideas. Mm-hmm. So just the older that I've gotten, the more that I found. Because you're always going to have those pockets of gossip. And you're just like, okay, those are the small-minded people. And the people who are doing things and achieving things are going to be the big minds who are talking about ideas and bigger concepts and how to move things forward. And it's like, those are the conversations that I want to be in. And I don't care about the small-minded ones because they're not going to get farther. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in high school and college, that's harder to see because it's like 
All right, well, we're all just kind of moving through the ranks usually. Yeah, we're all just getting through college. Exactly. No one's really building anything yet. Yeah, everyone's moving forward. You know, you're getting decent grades. Mm -hmm. You really don't know how well anyone's doing unless they're (laughs) failing out. And then, like, once you get into the real world, you start to see people really climb. And it's like, okay, well, we know who's who. So that's satisfying. Yeah. And it's also like how people that often come at you or criticize or like, you know, make fun of anything that's specifically with like careers. Mm -hmm. It's because they're insecure where they're at in their career. Yeah. And and I see it in comedy all the time of like, oh, the people that are truly making it and it's like they're good and they're not worried about getting spots and they're not worried about making money. Like Bill Burr now is not that he wasn't ever nice, but he is so nice. Mm -hmm. Like he was on a podcast with some random open mic or somehow and he was telling the guy, like, yeah, man, you know, you just got to keep at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be all right one day. And everyone else is, like, making fun of this kid and, like, because he's, like, easy to be the butt of the joke because he's mm-hmm. new. And he also doesn't know all these other, like, well-classed comedians. Or, But I was sitting there being, like, at first I was, like, man, Bill Burr got soft. And I was, like, no, it's just, like, Bill Burr is good. Yeah. He's, like, this kid being successful is not going to take away from my success. Yeah. And I think in many industries, we all feel that. Mm-hmm. So that's also coming with age where you're just, like, I am good where I'm at. I, my life is good. I'm happy where I'm at. So you're, like... Yeah, someone else being happy and achieving their things or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm happy for them. Right. And there's no like harboring, yeah, jealousy. That's a next level of security (laughs) to not be jealous of the person next to you. Yeah. Or people that you don't think are doing the right things and you like want to like, you like want them to be punished. Yeah. That's even more so for me of just like seeing people have success that you're like, they're not a good person. Yeah. And I've seen them do terrible things or they've done terrible things to me. And that, for me personally, is very hard to like get that out of my head. Well, that's even like relationships. You know, when you think about very true. you see the girl who gets engaged and you're like, I'm friends with her boyfriend or like in this group friend group and all the guys do are is bitch about her. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, how much. did she get that? And I'm here. Mm-hmm. I think I'm relatively nice. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not a girl you dislike. Yeah. Even when you're just like, man, I'm great. All my friends are great, but I'm the only one that isn't in a relationship. Yeah. Isn't at this phase in my life. And what, why not? What's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's hard to get excited for a baby shower. If you're like, this is nowhere near my time in life. Exactly. And I think sometimes it can just be so, you're just like at such a loss. I felt this of, okay, everyone's telling it me it's not me, that I'm great. So you're like, okay, well, this person isn't that great. Like, <laughs> I don't, have you ever found that of just like looking at someone and all of a sudden you start to rip them apart of like, she's not even that pretty. Like, she doesn't even have uh-huh. that good of a job. Like, why do her teeth look like that? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, like, you're just like finding flaws. Exactly. Or it, like then y- you see a picture of the ring and you're like, well, it's ugly anyways. So yeah. <laughs> that's what you get. Okay. Yeah. That's honestly been in a couple group texts. Okay. <laughs> like, let's be real. The ring is getting judged no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's like, I'm sure the ring that I would love is a ring someone else would hate. But, oh, yeah. But it's still all that stuff stems from this. Yeah. This like gossip kind of place. Yeah. It's uh, like those are the things where people are going to rip you to shreds. Oh, absolutely. And it's isn't that so sad that it's like the things that are probably bringing that person the most joy everyone's like yeah we got to put an end to that always what it is (laughs) that's why it's like you know even though we like or we shit on like um you know valentine's day just passed and it's Mm -hmm. like we all saw some corny ass valentine's posts that we were like ugh, give me a break yeah they weren't fun to watch right (laughs) and i've actually heard one person that i know 
talk about that of just like oh yeah this person always posts this long thing like about their significant other like every birthday and holiday and blah blah blah. um but then they were like yeah my guy never posts like anything about me and it's Mm -hmm. like that's where it's coming from oh you know what i mean it's like it's like yes true some are a little corny or whatnot but it's like the last part was what you that's the only thing you should have said okay wait so the person who posts the super long thing their man never posts anything about them she would see this other person post different relationship not her man oh okay friends man okay so some other woman's man would post always post like a nice long thing or whatever birthdays or even just every once in a while just like i love this girl blah 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 she got me this today yada yada and it's like that's a post coming at least you hope from pure joy yeah of just like he loves his lady he wants to show her some love he's making a social media post and a guy about a woman like a long one that's actually less common right those were kind of the fun ones to see exactly yeah right but she was sitting there kind of like mocking it and rolling her eyes but then at the very end just was like oh yeah like my guy like never posts anything like that or would never oh yeah and i was like that's that's the part that's bothering you yeah you don't really hate this post you hate that you're not getting that attention from your guy yeah absolutely which i was like heard that yeah (laughs) Yeah. me too sister i don't even have a guy and i'm already mad at him for not doing this (laughs) you know it's true right but we all like but that's the thing of i've tried in later years to be like oh when i feel that jealousy and that like why do they have this thing or even that urge to make fun of something i'm kind of like why am i making fun of this thing why do i care yeah for me (laughs) i don't know if this is good or bad i'm very spiteful so when i see something like that that bothers me i've been less successful in relationships but definitely in like career Mm. um anything like sports wise if it pisses me off enough that someone else did something i didn't i make a goal in my head to absolutely destroy them (laughs) in the same field (laughs) yes you use it as fuel that also i also do that i'm not saying i'm perfect either or but it's also the thing of going hey when you get mad instead of focusing on that person take the energy and move it yeah to a positive thing so hey sometimes some spite or jealousy you actually can use to your advantage yeah because that is the hard thing about jealousy man we just we never people never talk about it or it's labeled as this bad thing and it's like it's another emotion yeah we don't label anger as bad unless you're like acting out in such a way that it's hurting people right you know what i mean but like jealousy it's just like yeah why isn't that okay to just say i'm jealous i think that's actually the most self-confident thing you can say yeah and to own it or even with friends having those successes. Yeah. Of like having a moment and being like, I'm sorry if I don't seem genuinely excited for you. I am. But like, I have to be honest. Sometimes things like this, like just make me feel jealous and I don't want to. Yeah. But I just feel jealous of like, when is it going to be my time? And everybody will relate to that because everyone's felt that for right. something in their life. Yeah. God, I would appreciate someone saying that to me because I think we've always. It's a compliment. Yeah. I feel like everyone has felt a friend have kind of that distance and you're like oh are you not happy for me right and like we've all been on both sides of that so like for someone to say that is like oh now we can have a conversation about this you know like Mm -hmm. i feel like that's next level friendship of okay well like let me get help you get through this thing that you're feeling because that sucks Mm -hmm. and like sometimes i'm a nervous talker either i'm super quiet or i'm a nervous talker i'm like why am i saying that um so it's like have you ever felt that 
when the friend gets quiet when you did something and then all of a sudden you just find that you're just talking about yourself and you're like oh my god yeah like, I'm uh-huh. a monster oh always I mean yeah. I felt that on dates too where I'm yeah. just like are oh, you not gonna talk okay yeah <laughs> guess I'll just take over otherwise it's gonna be real uncomfortable <laughs> yeah but it's like if that person is just feeling spiteful and jealous you're just fueling them more yes and like driving them into a hole Exactly. All right. So Brene herself was also raised to believe that vulnerability was weakness. But based on literal data of many uh, many doctors in this field studying vulnerability, based on data, it actually is a measure of courage. So the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. A willingness to show up and be seen when you have zero control of the outcome. So for me, that's where vulnerability is really hard. I have I have things with control. Same. I kind of go back to, I don't know if you ever told this when you were younger, of just like wake up, dress up, show up. Mm-hmm. You know, even like if you know it's going to be a bad day at work. Yeah. Still, do not call in sick. You show up. You, you get through it. Yep. And it's sometimes awful, but you got to, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. But like originally I was just like, but that's a good quality. I'm a good employee. Yeah. I know how to like cap my emotions and whatever's going on in my personal life and put it on the side for the hours that I need to be at work and performing my best. Yeah. Because for us, I mean, for me, it came from sports. I feel like you feel a similar way. Yeah. It was like, if you don't show up to school, no matter how terrible you're feeling, whether you're physically sick or you're, you know, you just got dumped by your boyfriend. It was like, well, you got a game tonight, honey. So if you want to play in that game, you got to get to school. Yeah. And if you don't want to have to tell your coach what happened, like Uh that you got dumped and have this weird conversation, you just, you go. (laughs) Right. But also it often just comes from how close are you with your coworkers? Yes. Which makes sense with vulnerability with anybody. Mm -hmm. If you're not close with someone, why would you be like, yeah, actually, I just got broken up with. And they're like, I didn't even know you had a boyfriend. So clearly it must have not been that serious. Right. (laughs) They're like, I don't have any sympathy. I never met him. Uh (laughs) Call your mom. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have family you could talk to? (laughs) Betterhelp.com. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he says about courage here. So vulnerability being a measure of courage, it defines courage of choosing what's right over what's easy. Yeah, I mean... That, I think, is a little more vague. I don't know if it's necessarily what's right. Yeah, I, I think it's like doing the hard thing, you know? Yes. It's putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, I think, more so. Yeah, I think I think what's right slash hard. Mainly, yeah, especially with relationships, I'd say hard conversations. Yeah. Or like putting yourself out there first. That's hard. Right. It's right, easier right. to match someone else's energy than to set the energy of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Because sometimes also like the right thing is relatively easy. So sometimes that distinction is weird to me. Mm -hmm. Well, the big thing it says about being vulnerable in relationships is staying vulnerable is a risk that we have to take if we want to experience connection. That's, yeah, to a T. Which is very true, right? Even with friends. As you said, it's like there's this kind of gradual buildup of closeness and there's things about your friends you learn so many years or whatever months later and when you find it out you don't go like well why didn't i know this sooner Mm -hmm. it's just like oh wow i guess we are really close and really good friends because they opened up to me about that yeah but then when it comes to like vulnerability and love i feel like a lot of people label it as weak or like you lost you said i love you first you're the woman you can't do that you're soft Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think i mean this is such a hard 
area for me. I mean, I've been told my whole life that I'm someone who's really hard to get close to, which like sometimes I just don't understand. I'm like, right. you know, it's I feel like I have a lot of friends, but I have very few close friends. And um, I sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what more you want from me. Mm-hmm. Ask me the questions then, I guess, because I'm not just going to throw it out there. And um, I know we talk about this a little bit more on the Patreon, so I don't want to go like too far in depth. But that's definitely something that Space Jam said to me. Yeah. Of, you know, I just didn't feel like you were that into me. I was like, oh, uh, you know, like, and, and looking back, I was like, there was so much that I just didn't even tell you or mm-hmm. that you opened up to me about in your life. And I didn't give the reciprocal, you know, right. about things like childhood. And I wasn't like, oh, that's fun. And, you know, just a normal conversation. Sometimes that's so hard for me to open that door. I'm just more apt to sit there and listen to the other person rather than disclose things about myself which is not a bad quality when you're trying to build a relationship it can be because people from what i've the feedback that i've gotten <laughs> and not just not just from Space Jam, yeah, <laughs> that it kind of just feels like they're only talking about themselves and uh-huh. not learning things about me because i'm just slower to to say those things about myself but like you said if that person also isn't being conscious of asking you yeah then it's partly on them right and i feel like a lot of this too relates to what we've talked about before on this podcast of like why do men like women that cry i have no idea right like because we're like why why would you want to be with someone that is crying ever let alone like frequently around you right and it is something of like well they're being vulnerable and it's like clearly they're crying because they're talking about something or they're experiencing something with that person yeah. that they are fully being upset. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that's that that is one part of vulnerability that I for sure labeled as weakness. Absolutely. Oh my God. Um And I'll never forget the first time I like cried in front of someone I was dating. And it wasn't even for like a fight or any reason. Mm-hmm. It was about something that actually had nothing really to do with me other than someone I knew. And I started mm-hmm. getting choked up. And later, like that week, they said something of like, I really liked that you opened up to me. And it was so funny because I was sitting there being like, I wasn't telling you really about my life. Mm-hmm. I was telling you about someone else's thing. But it just was, I don't know, I guess just a window of like, oh, wow. Like she really cares about yeah. this person and is like being this kind of, I guess, weak person i haven't seen before how did you feel about that like did it feel like did you feel more positive in your relationship with that person when they said that i did yeah in a way okay i did because it was just kind of like oh okay that didn't freak you out Mm, okay so it kind of felt like okay if there's another time that i'm upset in front of you i'm not gonna like go cry in the bathroom and hide it right you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I felt that of, like, I am about to cry, and we need to get out of here. Oh, I love a good bathroom cry, and then deep breath. Yeah. Get back get out back there. Out. <laughs> yeah. Get back out there, kid. Yeah. Are you getting your car? I love a car cry. <laughs> yeah. My car is my crying place. <laughs> Dude, nothing beats a shower cry. Because the water great. is already there. You come shower out a great. little red in the face anyways. Uh-huh. Nobody knows. Clearly, clear, clear the sinuses out. Yeah, exactly. It's really the best. Yeah. But, um... And you're usually alone. <laughs> right? Or there's also, you know, I feel like maybe the crying to men and like, it's kind of almost the version of when you know a guy's upset and he won't talk to you. 
So they're yeah. kind of sitting there being like, I would rather you cry, but actually talk to me about this than start to cry and leave. Do you think it's also a bit of like the damsel in distress thing of they feel like they fixed it for you or helped you fixed it? I think first. a little bit of just obviously people like helping people that makes everyone feel better. But there yeah. is something to feeling like a man. Yeah. Of just this person needed me. Yeah. And I was able to be there for them slash make them feel better. And like whether they really did anything or they didn't when you stop crying, there's kind of this accomplishment feeling. Yeah, exactly. One part we picked out of the special that we found super interesting mm-hmm. was a dating story she tells about 20 minutes in. Uh, so I guess we'll re- just recap it really quick. Of She speaks somewhere. Someone comes up to her after the show, a guy, and he's like, hey, I, I loved your talk. Like, I just wanted to reach out to you. I My parents sent me your like TED Talks, your videos, your books, and I read all of them, and they, and they changed my life. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, that was so nice of you to say. And he's like, no, 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 they really changed my life. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, great. Like, she's kind of like, okay, I have to, like, talk to all these people. I would like to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, no, I need to tell you a story. <laughs> and he goes, so I was dating this girl, and she's like, and I'm inside rolling my eyes of like oh god what's the story gonna be mm-hmm. and, and he's it, like pretty young too he's like in his early yeah. 20s telling her this story so yeah. she was like this is not gonna go how i want it to yeah i believe like she was speaking at a college yeah in the story and so yeah so it's like what at most 22 yeah um <laughs> it's but, like oh you're gonna tell me about how you got laid <laughs> yeah great yeah. cool <laughs> or it's like then this girl totally went home with me because i was a vulnerable person <laughs> thanks for the tip <laughs> Uh, I went for the island cup. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But basically he says, he goes out to dinner with his girlfriend and he's like, and I was ready to like tell her I loved her and I was going to wait for dessert and I couldn't even wait. And he basically tells her he loves her. And she says, thank you. (laughs) And then she is like, I think we should see other people. (laughs) And did she like leave right away? I don't think she even waited for dessert. Yeah, they didn't even get the dessert. That was part of the story. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, then I didn't even get dessert. She wanted to go. (laughs) You know, and then I don't know. The rest of the story is like, he goes home, he tells his roommates, yada, yada. But I was like, I actually kind of loved that story because it was, it's kind of the thing of like, get your answer. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm falling in love with you. And this person basically was like, I'm not at all. Yeah. And it also made that person realize like, I'm not going to waste your time now. Yeah. It's like that out that you don't want but you need yes it's like when people are like oh did you define the relationship and they put it off and they put it off and they put it off and it's like you're putting it off because your gut is telling you the answer is no yeah and it's it's so hard but it's like you really really need to do that and one day you're gonna thank that person Mm -hmm. um and you're never gonna know unless you really put yourself out there because i think we've all been in positions of okay, this ended, but I don't feel like they really knew me or how I was feeling or my intentions. And I wish I had, I had shown them that, you know, if, if you've gotten broken up with, and I think, you know, if you can say that you did everything and that they knew how you felt and it wasn't felt back, it sucks. Yeah. But at least you did everything you could and you let them know how you feel. Right. Or it also is the thing of like, I actually think my high school health teacher touched on this and I really remember it of he was like, when you say I love you to somebody, it's not to hear I love you in return. You should be saying that to somebody because that is how you feel. Oh yeah. And you absolutely. want them to know or you want them to feel good. Yeah. But he was like, 
often he's like it's just kind of becomes this routine especially in relationships Mm -hmm. that he's like you know if my wife's like leaving and then i yell like all right have fun i love you (laughs) he's like and then i don't hear the love you in return he's like hey (laughs) i said i love you (laughs) he's like hey (laughs) like you know like but it's kind of this thing of like in that moment it's like oh i'm not saying it for her to hear it i was saying it because like i wanted it reciprocated yeah and that especially comes with taking the first i love you plunge yeah like that's one of the examples she gives and all the vulnerability examples she goes saying vulnerability is saying i love you first because mm-hmm. you're basically being like i'm gonna say where i'm at this yeah. is where i'm at i love you mm-hmm. you want to take that home and think about it fine like yeah kind of thing <laughs> you know i like that take that home and think about it don't end it right now let's get dessert let you yeah. think on that let's circle back <laughs> yeah <laughs> no my favorite part of that story well not my favorite part but um, when the guy goes home and he tells his roommates that he got dumped and he's like all upset and they were like, dude, like what happened? He's like, I told her I loved her. And then she broke up with me and they were like, oh, you were so soft, dude. Like, you can't do that. They were like ragging on him oh, so yeah. bad. And then he pulled the quote from the Teddy Roosevelt thing that she referenced and what later became the title of her book. And he said, but I was daring greatly. Yeah. <laughs> these like I just pictured these like college bros and she said they were like right on man yeah <laughs> yeah like it suddenly changed yeah. the narrative they were like, of like I was being brave yeah. like, I wasn't being a weak bitch I was actually being brave <laughs> like I went down but I went down with a fight I went yeah. down hard I put it all on the line <laughs> you know it's kind of like how like we talk about like sports you have to be all tough but like it's okay to cry when you lose the championship game Oh, I was never allowed to. You weren't allowed? What do you mean? So, my dad's going to hate this, but he really, really hates crying. Like... Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. So, our coach would, like, always, like, make us cry in the locker room, regardless of what happened. He would say insane uh, things. Okay. And, like, even if we lost, though, we lost some championship games while I was playing. And uh, he would always say these nuts things of, like, you guys fought so hard out there. I'm going to take you to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> literally insane and people would just start crying for some reason like they would be so inspired inspired they would just start bawling and then also like high school girls once one starts another starts yeah i was like the crying is definitely trained yeah Yeah. and then everyone would walk out of the locker room crying but i knew like i would get in trouble and i was also just extremely uncomfortable and so every time my dad would look at me and be like please don't start (laughs) he's like don't don't you dare do that here So I would just stand there and I would look like a dickhead because I wasn't like going along with the team and crying. (laughs) Uh, I've been in that scenario of just everyone's crying. Yeah. Even just watching a movie and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know, man. It didn't hit me the way it hit you. Okay. Well, I've gotten better of when I was in high school, it would make me so uncomfortable. Even like if I needed to cry and I was upset, I would laugh. And so uh, I would like yep. put my face in my jersey and like giggle, especially like that was especially when I really wanted to cry. And then I would just get yelled at more by the coach, like in practice, like screamed at. And so then I was just even more uncomfortable. Yeah. So then I would just can laugh even harder. And then I would have to run sprints. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just be like wanting to cry. You're just giggling, but, sprinting. Yeah. And he's like, stop laughing. I can see you laughing. <laughs> Oh damn! I would just like to go home. <laughs> damn. I mean, we don't. I mean, we only tapped into Brene, Brene Brown. She has so much stuff um, that I think in the future we're going to do like a more shame-based one. Yeah. Maybe uh, actually with Ella Dawson is going to be coming on the podcast. Yeah. In the future, we're scheduling with her, and she writes a lot about shame as well. So I mm-hmm. think maybe that would be a great combo to have Ella on for. 
Um, but yeah, uh, thank you all so much for listening. And if you have any criticisms of the pod, just make sure you come in with suggestions. <laughs> okay. Um, Be actionable. Yeah. I was like, I know we talked about a lot, a lot about like, you know, getting criticism from people that aren't in the arena and stuff like that. But it's like, no, there's a way to like give people feedback where you're like, hey, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Maybe try this. Yeah. Instead of you're a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that doesn't really help us because um, yeah. the pod is going to continue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you guys want to give us any feedback, especially suggestions for episodes or guests to have on, we love that. Email us at shootersgottashootpod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at shootersgottashootpod and join the Patreon. Get that free t-shirt. Yeah. Patreon.com slash shootersgottashoot. That is patreon.com slash shootersgottashoot. Um, and as always, you can find me. I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.